0: The Xtreme BPM, Tuesdays and Fridays, that is 8 p.m. East African time on EJAS Radio and our sister station, that is EJAS Extra. So on Tuesdays and Fridays, we do a crossover from EJAS Radio and EJAS Extra. They all have the extreme BPM on. And remember, Monday to Friday, 1 to 2 p.m., we have the EJAS Mix, where we get to premiere a lot of music from, you know, across the world. And I have a lot of musicians on there when we're getting to premiere that music. So this week, we are talking to... A Grammy-nominated uh, singer, songwriter, platinum recording artist, among other things. All right? <laughs> among other things she does. Chantelle is on the show. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you on.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Finally, we made it.
0: Yeah, finally <laughs> finally, did happen. Yes, glad to have you on. And, <laughs> and if you're listening in right now, people, a lot of people probably know you from t shirt They know Impossible. They... And here also stuck, uh, this song with stuck Acon. with each other. Stuck, on, uh, yeah. stuck with each other, right? That one was also big here, and they probably also know you from Roll It, Girl because that pen is yours. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was like Roll Roll It, Girl was the first big song that I ever wrote, you know. And then Allison Heights performed it, and then I did a version that was featuring uh, Jay Status and Rihanna, and then the, it just went crazy from there <laughs> on to t-shirt impossible
0: all the other songs that you guys know yeah and still spe- and sp- speaking of your pen you also wrote for rihanna too
1: yeah man down
0: which was also a big
1: man down
0: <laughs> how hard was that decision to pass that on
1: oh, well the thing is it wasn't a song that I wrote before, you know, it was literally she basically tapped me and Rock City to specifically write this song. And that was, you know, what we ended up coming up with. But yes, a lot of people do ask me like, man, that's such a big song that like, you do you she sang it yourself. And I mean, it, the answer could be yes, because I know it's, you know, it's a hit. But at the same time, it's very specific to a story in Rihanna's life. You know, uh, yeah. but I had yeah, but I had so much fun. I had so much fun working on that. man.
0: So there wasn't a moment in time where you where that song went so crazy and you're like, I wish I'd kept that one for myself.
1: Nah, I just I just felt, you know, it's kind of uh, I think it's a little bit different when you're just a performing artist and then when you're a singer songwriter. So I get the same level of joy and excitement and satisfaction when i write something and it performs really well it doesn't matter if i did it or not um but yeah there are times if you wrote a song and it's it's doing really well you're like man Man, that could have been another one for me you know but yeah i still like the idea of you know writing something and then another artist can you know take it to
0: the world
1: it's, it's equally a blessing
0: you know yeah yeah that's that, that's i think it's being a songwriter i think at some point you have uh i think that's the difference where where, where you can be able to create something and still pass it on and still feel yeah. like you can still because you created uh if we go to ba- go back to how you got started first how do you go how do you get from barbados then move over to the u.s and start putting out uh hit singles and 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 all that how does it get started for you <laughs>
1: Uh, wow. This, the, the whole story in a nutshell, let me try to make it as short as possible. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so growing up in Barbados, I, I was, I guess you can say that I come from a music family, uh, because I have an aunt, uh, her name's Kim Derrick and she, she, she was like a big popular singer, um, locally. Uh, so I kind of was always around it. I would hang around her band a lot. And, um, uh, eventually started performing with her band um which then exposed me to the music community in barbados Um, and then people started learning about this little girl Chantel, that can sing and then i met a another friend natalie burke and she was another big artist um uh, and then she started telling everybody about my writing um you know because we got really close and then i would play demos for her you know that I thought we're good (laughs) and she would just be freaking out and be like look i'm gonna start introducing you to people man because you're more than a singer like i really think you could be you know a big writer as well so you know fast forward i was introduced to allison heinz team uh and then i got the opportunity to write for her and then that's when roll happened uh and then to my surprise because this is like the first time i got to write for someone else So I was already freaking out that I was writing for like the queen, you know, like Alison Hines. I was like, Whoa, this is nuts. Um, and then it just literally turns out to be pretty much, you know, her biggest song of all time (laughs) goes, you know, global worldwide. And I'm just sitting at home still in school, you know, in Barbados just like, Whoa, what is happening? Then I get a phone call from these two guys, uh, Carl Sterkin and Evan Rogers, uh, and they were basically like, we are the production company behind Rihanna. I know you know uh, Robin really well. Um, she's, she, you know, we, we found out that you're an amazing writer. We love this song, Roll. Her style, you know, Rihanna's style is very island pop. Um, and we're looking for writers that kind of make that kind of music. So I was like, I'm in, <laughs> you know. I go to visit them at their studio in New York. Um, and then I played some demos for them. And they also like made me perform on the spot. They brought out a guitar and made me perform. So at the end of this meeting, you know, they were just like, we know that we invited you here, um, you know, as a prospective writer for Rihanna, but they're like, we think that you have a lot of potential as an artist. Uh, you know, what do you think? And I was like, are you serious right now? You know, cause I, you know, I'm just like this little girl. And I, I was just like, this can't be really like, what is happening. Um, fast forward. I go back to New York, like maybe like two months later, uh, with the same the same group of guys. Uh, we put together a demo, and then they shopped it around to different labels. Uh, and within a couple of weeks, I was signed to Universal, <laughs> signed to like Motown Universal. Um, and yeah, that was it. Was under that label that I released my first album and my first single T-shirt. And yeah here we are you know years later after having the most you know incredible experiences getting to tour with really big artists and work with big artists you know like T-Pain, Akon, Bruno Mars touring with Beyonce and Jason Derulo and all these things led to my my label getting really excited and um, that was when we did the second album and that's that's when you get you know impossible
0: and then it just
1: (laughs) went crazy from there you know my life hasn't been the same since
0: yeah and guys if you're listening in the song that she put out that 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 was you know the first time for her writing for someone else she wrote this yeah So she wrote that as, the, imagine that is the first thing. that's the first time you're writing for someone and this is what you gave them. And then uh, you go and, yeah. have, and you have, you, you know what is, I don't know how, I, and in case when you're in the moment, it's hard to explain this, but I, the time when, the first time, because your first single was T-shirt, right? When you got, after yeah. you got signed, right? The first single you put out was T-shirt. Yeah. And this is 2008, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In, I don't know for people that didn't because a lot of people that listen to this probably uh there are some people that don't re- don't probably remember that time guys this mm-hmm. is a, this is the same year that fluoride and T-Pain had low which was on 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 like for 10 weeks on the number one on, on the number one on the number yeah. one billboard that's the same time Rihanna had like five was three three almost three singles on on billboard because she had don't stop mm-hmm. the music disturb and some other song in there Neo was on fire at the time Chris Brown and Jordina Sparks had that and you came in Akon was
1: huge Nicki Minaj was just starting to blow up it was a crazy time in music I think that's also when Lady Gaga just came out and Jason Derulo it was like a crazy time for pop and
0: (laughs) R&B you know that that's the same year that Alicia Keys had no one
1: yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs)
0: Crazy, yeah, and you still managed to get some. I think T-shirt went up to number thirty-six, right, in the on on the US Billboard charts.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was it was my first single, and I was so excited to. I was like, I made it to the Billboard top forty. Like, I'm in the Hot one hundred. Like, what? (laughs) You know, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, no, it was crazy. Like, you know, to this Mm -hmm. day, to this day, that song. I don't. I, in case I would, it would be different. Do Do you know? Were you aware of how big it was? Let's say out, out out of the US and in in the other parts of the world. Were you aware of how big that song was?
1: What's so crazy is that I don't think I I didn't get I didn't get to feel anything like because when your first single is hot, you're so busy trying to like do the next thing or you're busy like promoting it and and then when you're also in the US really and truly all they care about the most is like what's happening in the us, maybe UK, but they're not, I would have had to go, go out of my way to like research personally to, to know where else in the world. My music was performing really well. Uh, cause you know, they would just be like, okay, you're, you're number one in the UK, you're number whatever in the US. And that's all that they would, you know, tell us about. Um, but then, um, after impossible came out something really cool started happening and then i get it i started getting uh booked in a lot of you know other countries all of a sudden i was performing in different uh countries in africa i was performing in like asia i was performing in the middle east you know in the emirates i'm like what is going you know suddenly i'm touring the world and that and it's only when i would get to each individual country that I would really know or understand like how you know like how big um, my music was so it you know it would be like when I get there and and there's like kids waiting at the airport or they find out where your hotel is and there's crowds everywhere and people are screaming and freaking out or you know fans are coming up to you telling you how huge you know your music is and um, that yeah that it wouldn't be until I go to a certain country um, then I would know, like, oh wow, you know, like I didn't know that my music did so well here too, you know. So those are, to me, those are blessings. Those are memories that I will, I will never forget those moments.
0: Now, now you would be surprised, right? If you play, like, when you when you listen to T-shirt, right? You wouldn't imagine <laughs> people doing uh, a dance routine to a song that sounds like this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, and-
0: it's not uptempo it's not anything like but people were doing challenges i mean now this is the challenges is the new word for this for them (laughs) so people were doing i got to work
1: on this one with the dream that's one of his that's where he is his pen is so strong he's so good at you know if you think about the other songs that he wrote like all those songs for beyonce you know even like halo is another example of those types of songs where you're just like dude it's a ballad but I feel like I still want to bounce like you know like Neo was really good at that style of you know writing too and um, yeah I I noticed a lot of people told me that like there's something about how you fit in the pockets that like even though it's a a slow song or it's a ballad like you still want to like pop it unlock it and you still want to dance and I did see a lot of like choreography videos and stuff coming you know coming from that song that was amazing.
0: It, it's it's so crazy that even now, now that we are in the TikTok age now, people are still, yeah. that song is still on. People are, doing, yeah. are still doing videos on TikTok with it.
1: Yeah. I need to do a t-shirt, a t-shirt challenge. <laughs> yeah, you
0: probably should. probably should because it, yeah. it, it seems like the song is not going anywhere at all. <laughs>
1: yeah, and that's the beauty of TikTok. It makes songs like come back. Yeah. You know, songs that came out like 10 years ago, all of a sudden are like number one on itunes again you know just because of something that happens on TikTok.
0: that's crazy isn't it now yeah. now during that time of you have uh, you come out you're on fire you're having all these singles out talk to me about how you get involved with the obama campaign then
1: oh my gosh that was another like pinch yourself moment because obviously as black people you know uh everyone in the world pays attention to us politics because it affects every country in the world you know
0: yeah
1: um and so yeah just as a black person even though i'm not american you know i like everybody was still so excited at the prospect of like whoa there's gonna be a black leader of like you know the most the most powerful (laughs) nation in the world you know um so yeah we were all excited about it uh and on top of that my mom was really excited about barack and michelle obama you know so when i got this phone call like hey Chantel," um so there's this project that you know barack obama's putting together for his campaign uh he's, he wants to compile a, a group of artists on this kind of like soundtrack thing and it's gonna be the songs that play You know whenever you know he does goes on 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 his campaigns and stuff like that and I'm just like yeah what do you say (laughs) Yeah. So you've been selected to be one of these artists and I'm just like what are you talking about because I already heard of some of the artists that were a part of this thing so it was like Kanye West Adam Levine like Yolanda Adams like all these like huge mega artists and I was just like what And then um, when they told me, yeah, you're not only will you be on the project, but you know, they want you to to shoot like a, a specific, like a music video for it uh, for the campaign. I'm just like, I'm, I'm just like, this is not real. <laughs> you know, like, is not real. <laughs> I'm somehow going to be a part of world history. If this I'm like, this is one of the biggest moments in history of all time uh, and somehow I'm in the mix what is going on you know I'm just a little girl from Barbados like who am I you know uh, so yeah of course my whole family they freaked you know they—they they, everybody was freaking out um, and then they actually sent me a vinyl copy of it signed by barack obama so my mother like lost her mind (laughs) she's just like my little baby you're so amazing i can't believe i made this (laughs) yeah you know (laughs) she's like i I really made you (laughs) i'm like i hope i'm making you proud mom you know
0: no you did and uh, <laughs> yeah. so you, so you, definitely got. I think I did. Be, yeah, you did definitely. You got to be part of <laughs> part of uh, of, black, of history. For, not for only for actually, you know, he's the black first black president, but it's history for literally, you know, for a lot of people. And yeah. uh, people leave, leave it only for black. I think when they use the word black for black mm-hmm. people, they are kind of minimizing the magnitude of how big it is. But, yeah, but it's it history for America? period that's it (laughs) it's
1: yeah it's American history it's kind of world history it's kind of black history it's a it's all these different little nutshells you know and um yeah I never would have imagined in my wildest dreams that you know I would be doing these things (laughs) I just you know I just put pen to paper I just write songs and I sing (laughs) and all you know all these cool things happen I know they are blessings, and I don't take them for granted. And I'm really grateful.
0: Yeah. Now, speaking of of uh, doing big things, you you went on tour with Beyonce too, right? Oh my God, the Queen, the yes. Queen of Queens.
1: <laughs> How did you
0: survive the Beehive? How you must have done something right.
1: <laughs>
0: that dude.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I want you to know that this was like the scariest thing to do in my entire life because when you tour, when on tours uh, as big as an artist you know an artist as big as beyonce there's multiple um multiple artists like intro artists or you know warm-up acts or whatever you call them opening acts and it just so happened that i (laughs) i was the artist who goes on right before beyonce so i'm just like are you kidding me right now you know like uh, <laughs> like, I, I have to go on right before Beyonce. Like, what if, what if the Beehive doesn't like me? You know, like, they, they're they very strong fan base and they, they don't play around, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and they love their queen very much and they don't want anyone coming around that's gonna, you know what I'm saying, diminish that polish and sparkle of the queen, man. So, yeah, the first night I went on stage, Honestly, I, I thought I was going to die. Like, <laughs> I thought I was going to pass <laughs> out. Um, but to my surprise, the crowd sang every single word of T-shirt, like word for word. And I, I mean, like, I wanted to cry, you know, because like I just like I didn't that, I think that m- might have been the first time I realized like how many people knew my music and I, I thought... I was going to be like the new artist and I now have to teach you my new songs, but they like knew all the words already, you know, Uh, and every time I came up every night, it just got better and better because, you know, I got more and more confident. Um, And then I actually got to meet Beyonce and she was so sweet and so encouraging that it really gave me what I needed, you know, like that kind of like just a pat on the back, like you got this. Um, and so yeah I was able to go out there every night and have fun yeah the beehive they were so dope man they like really embraced me and every single night of that tour I, I had an amazing experience
0: ah I see now now this yeah. is this is interesting you've you've written with the dream you've had uh, you' also mm-hmm. bruno Mars is also wasn't he part of your first album or the second one in terms of writing
1: was it, it, It was this uh, the second album.
0: Yes, you. uh, We did a
1: song called DJ made me do it.
0: How uh, how did you know how big it was going to be that time? Because right now,
1: (laughs) what's insane is that there were so many of us. Like I don't know if you know Saint John too. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, like all of us were just kids trying to make it. You know, Um, I was. Yeah, at the time I felt like I was nobody. Um, Saint John didn't even come out yet. Yeah, Bruno. It was interesting because in that uh, in the session where we were working on DJ made me do it, he um actually no that was on the first album. So yeah, that was all the way from yeah 2008. So he hadn't he wasn't signed yet, yeah. and it was kind of interesting because at the end of the I remember being in this session with Bruno and. Uh, I was just like, man, this guy, like, everyone's telling me like he's a writer, but he, there's something about him, man, like, you know, I I was just like, he's just, he's a star, like, there's no other way to put it, he has it, you know, Um, and we were in the booth together, and we would be singing back and forth together, I'm like, your voice is, like, ridiculous, dude, like, are you trying to be an artist? And then he goes actually yeah and i'm having a really hard time so i was like what do you mean and he's like well i've been to about six or seven labels nobody gets me you know everyone says no i just keep getting turned down and then he said i have one more meeting to take and and he literally said if i don't get signed after this one i give up i can't take it anymore i'm done and i just was like dude They're going to sign. Like, you're going to get signed. There's no freaking way. There's no way. And then he, uh, right before we wrapped up the session, he was just like, man, you know, I'm such a big fan of you. So I would love your feedback on on a song that I wrote. So I'm like, sure, no problem. Uh, And then he sits behind the keyboard and he starts playing this song and then he gets to the hook and he's like, bang, bang, banging on my chest gorilla. And I was just like, this song is amazing. This is amazing. And he's like, Yeah, well, everybody hates it. So I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> like, what is wrong with these people? Like, I don't understand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah and then I was like this song is so creative this is so good like your voice everything about it like I I would sign you if I had a label like right now um so then yeah you know the session ends we go our separate ways we stay in touch for a while um and then you know my courage just went crazy so you know I just I'm on the road all the time um and then I didn't talk to him for a while and then the next time i heard about him which is maybe like a a year later (laughs) this guy guy is like on the top of the the mountain, you know and i'm just like yes yes you did it you did it bruno i knew you would man Uh, and he hasn't you know he it's man no there's nothing that could stop him since that you know since his first single so i knew he was going to be huge and like i just you can tell when you're around an artist you know you just know like i don't know what's going on right now and why no one you know why no one's messing with you but it's gonna happen
0: yeah absolutely
1: yeah i will never forget that session ever
0: <laughs> yeah and, and now he's so huge that yeah that a lot he's of out people, of here a lot of people <laughs> that, that, that passed on him would be regretting why they didn't have him on <laughs>
1: Yeah, but all of us were just, uh, you know, we, we were just writers knocking around in New York and Miami and L.A., just you know, trying to make it, man. And I'm, I'm so happy to see, even like Jason too, you know. So the fact that, you know, Jason, Saint John, Bruno, like, you know, all of us like made it in some way. It, it feels so good.
0: Yeah, and 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 you know, we, we had talks about man man down that you wrote for Rihanna that you. You 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 also mm-hmm. gave out, but because I, I like the, the the part where you say the story was specifically to her. So now the question yeah. is: does does she come to you with that story, or you knew about it and just went and 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 uh, worked on something then?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously by then you know we knew about everything, um, and so yeah, she basically literally said, you know, in this particular album, I real I'm I'm just gonna address it all. Um, So we were given the subject matter, so to speak. Uh, Yeah. And then we just kind of built a story on top, you know, on top of that.
0: Now now the other big question becomes people had, and we shall get into impossible, because I think every single week I see you have to share a cover that is done by someone doing any auditions across the world, because I don't know. You'll tell me something about that song that makes people have to use it and cover it over and over again but Mm -hmm. what what we want to understand is after the first album you come in with the second one so that's Mm -hmm. the second one is what is the one that has impossible on it right
1: yeah yeah no gravity yeah that's the album. yeah
0: so talk talk to me about you know what what do you think had changed for you from the first album because that was you getting into the door you get you get in with t-shirt and then what Mm -hmm. was the approach Mm -hmm. for the second album different from you know your first album
1: it's interesting because um, the first album, uh, was still very, I think because the trend at the time was definitely, you know, like this island pop, because it was like Jason Derulo, Rihanna, Sean Kingston, Ayaz, you know, like this very sp- specific style of music that was hot at the time. Um, so if you actually listen to Intelligence, You'll see that the majority of the album is very like reggae leaning, like island music, very Caribbean sounding, um, mixed in with like some R&B. You know, um, so the irony that that the song that ended up being like the big hit from that album was just like a complete like pop R&B yeah. <laughs> song. <laughs> it was very interesting because then. You know, people would listen to the album. People were so confused. They were like, is this the same artist? Like, I'm so lost. Um, So then, you know, just having that amount of success with, like, a pop R&B song, then the label was like, all right, so the next album, you're just going, like, fully in this, you know, just go <laughs> for it all the way um, because this is clearly what the people want from you. Yeah. So – um, and then just me personally, at the time, I was into – I, I was listening to, like, a lot of rock and pop music. I was just starting to get into, like, electronic music big time. I was, like, really into EDM and, you know, like, drum and bass, like, all you know, Garage, like, all these types of, like, electronic-type music. And I, I literally told the label, like, I just kind of want to experiment. I want the second album to just be, like, fun and poppy. So they decided, okay, well, you need to be working with – Stargate, then you got to work with like Red One and these types of, you know, um, these types of producers. So I actually ended up spending a lot of time in Sweden because there's something in the water in Scandinavia. These guys know how to make pop music. And it blows my mind because I'm like, you guys are, every time there's like a top, the top 10 pop songs globally or in the US, you look and it's always like Max Martin, You know, it's like it's always these like Scandinavian people behind it. And I'm just like, how do you guys make your first language is not English, (laughs) but you're like dominating like the English music world, you know? Um, And I don't know that they just know how to make pop songs. I was like in Denmark, Sweden, Norway, working on this album. And I also uh, recorded a bunch of a bunch of songs in L.A. as well. so yeah, that that album kind of like really took me all over the world. So you'll yeah. So in No Gravity, in that album, you'll hear a lot more electronic influence in the music. Really, even more pop than uh, the first album. Um, and then we also wanted to make sure that there were some songs that were still in that kind of crossover pop R and B lane. So that's where you get you know T-shirt into Impossible. You know, it's the, that same kind of t- 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 that was like popular at the time. No air, you know, Halo. Um, what's that other song that Beyonce had? <singing> to the left, to the left, anything irreplaceable. you know, in voice- yeah, irreplaceable. So that was that era, man, where yeah, where it was all about the crossover pop R and B, you know. So yeah, I would say no gravity has is a lot more like super pop leaning um but you still have that R&B influence in there and and sadly I do look back and wish that that I put a, a little more of like the island stuff into that album too but that just wasn't how the fans were like identifying me, you know it was just like yeah they they I was pretty much classified as like a pop R&B artist so
0: yeah my team just felt like yeah just go that's in that the, direction then that's the way to go you know it's something yeah. a, it's a, something about the labels that whenever something works out they want everything else to become a photocopy of whatever <laughs> that was and they want it until yeah. the wheels fall off <laughs>
1: yeah yeah most artists you know that they, there's so much more in them or so many more sites to them than what actually ever reaches people yeah um because labels usually think in terms of formulas Uh, And they kind of feel like if you don't package something very specifically that people won't get it. But I think that Rihanna has blown that whole theory out of the water. And so now you've seen this, it's almost like a renaissance in music where artists are being much more free and experimental and doing so many different things and not being put into a box. I, I really think she was instrumental in causing that sort of like domino effect um, and then just in general, the, the public, you know, fans were more open to like, you know, listening to newer styles or different styles of music. And I think all that kind of thing helped kind of like make like reggae come back on the scene and dance hall. And now we have like Afro beats being like huge, you know, it's just like that one artist it takes to like, wet people's palate and get used to a new accent. I know artists like Akon he was like huge um, you know in terms of like kind of like getting people's ears to like be a little bit more flexible you know yeah. and embrace like new different vocal styles and things like that
0: yeah so now what is with impossible why is it that every every time people are doing auditions you, you at least impossible, <laughs> impossible will be somewhere in the mix Someone will audition with Island. that somewhere in, in in a singing competition. It might be in Australia, it might be in a country amazing. where it, they don't even speak English.
1: Every country, whatever version of those idol, X Factor, the voice, whatever they have, every single season someone is performing this song. I've even seen people in some countries literally like do the song in their language. And uh, you know, like hearing impossible be impossible be sung in French, Spanish, Polish, Turkish, like all these different languages, it's like crazy. Um, yeah, and like you said, every every other day, you know, on Instagram, there's like someone sending me another cover, and it yeah. just won't stop. And uh, I, it still blows my mind that like just i remember years ago someone told me i should take caution when it comes to love i did just just that opening line you know does something to people i don't i don't even know how to explain it but so many people just want to sing it and it blows my mind because some of the people singing it are so young and i'm like you were probably just a baby when this song came out which means that their parents are listening to it still you know yeah and now it's a song that they love so it's it's one of those things that artists always pray for you know like you you start your career you hope that y'all get a classic that never dies yeah (laughs) and it just blows my mind like every season on these shows someone's like oh my god Tell, like someone they're still singing impossible yeah uh so I think it's official that impossible is a classic and again another blessing that I'm so grateful for because you know, a lot of artists come and go, um, and so even though I, you know, I only just, you know, years later, just started releasing new music again. It's it's still really beautiful to know that something I did all those years ago is still touching and affecting people, and you know, like forever, I'll be able to perform this song, <laughs> you know, till I die. So I'm I'm so grateful.
0: Now everyone would want me to ask you this including myself. So what mm-hmm. happened with all the success that happened with this two, with uh, with the uh, the first album you have the second album no gravity with mm-hmm. impossible on it people are still covering it up to now what happened between that time and and then uh, now when I get <laughs> when I get back and then I know everybody
1: everybody th- wants the story of where did their favorite artist disappear to.
0: Do you know that they so, you know that there's a clip on, there's kind of <laughs> do you know there's a clip <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> where did There's John kind tell of like go? different
1: parts to that story, but yeah. um, okay, so the first part really comes down to just like label BS, man. Yeah. You know, just. And there, it was also a very strange time in the music industry where streaming was now dominating, you know, terrestrial airplay. It was, it was dominating everything. Um, but that was not necessarily where the labels were making their money. They were still counting on sales and everything was going digital and, you know, no, no one's buying, like, CDs and stuff anymore where everybody had iPods and all this stuff. So it kind of got really bad at the labels, and they started basically firing a lot of people, a lot of executives. So artists would show up to the building and realize like the whole team is gone. Oh, yeah. There's nobody left to even work their projects. Um, And so, if you were not an artist that was just like you had new music out right now, you were kind of just sat there like with no team, nothing happening. And so you, it was kind of like all the artists were left on their own to figure it out. Um, and then it got even worse. Motown um, decided to shut down yeah. totally. Yeah, great. They folded completely. Um, I mean, they came back now. And Neo over there running the show. But yeah, so the label completely folded. And so artists like myself and Akon, sitting there like well what's going to happen to us you know like we don't have a home anymore like what's going on um so luckily for us they didn't want to drop us um but we were signed to motown so what they did was because um republic is also under the universal umbrella yeah they moved me and akon over to republic but now when you move over to a brand new label it's kind of like you're a cinderella you know like the <laughs> like the stepchild or something like uh, and and again you know you're just tossed over there so it's not like like someone escorted you over there with your team and and they wanted to sign you there like oh we have some adopted kids great yeah. <laughs> you know um, so it took a it was almost no pun intended impossible to get any momentum over at Republic and get any interest, you know, from the executives over there because that label was busy at the time, man. They were killing it. I'm pretty sure they had Taylor Swift, uh, Maroon Five, Florence and the Machine. We, yeah. we we essentially called it like the the bloodbath. Like everyone was just getting fired. There was no one left in the building. Uh, all the labels were folding. Got sent over to Republic, um, but yeah, it, it was pretty tough for me over there getting any traction um yeah because they were just so caught up you know with all these other really big artists and so i was just there and nothing was happening so eventually my my manager was just like we're getting you off this label this is pointless um so then i was super independent for a while um and and i just decided to try to go back to the drawing board and you know see what what it looks like when I take charge of my own career, you know, when when I decide what the music is going to sound like, when I get the chance to write all my songs and things like that. So I just really spent um, like two or three years just doing that, just trying to rediscover myself as an artist. Um, And then (laughs) on top of that, then my visa expired. Because you know, not American from Barbados, so my visa expired, and then and that was at the worst possible time for a visa to expire, because that was when we just call him Orange <laughs> was <laughs> the president, yeah, um, and he's not very immigrant friendly, you yeah. know. Uh, so all of a sudden, you know, the co- the cost of getting a new visa and all the things that were necessary for like everything like doubled and tripled and pri- it has got crazy. And then uh, it, it it just was that much more difficult, and it was taking like my attorney forever, you know, just to get gain any traction with getting me a new. So, you know, I I feel like that kind of put me into like a really dark depression, you know, because now I'm like. These things are happening that aren't my fault that have nothing to do with me. I just want to get back out there. I just want to make my music. I know I'm just here in Barbados doing what, you know. Um, but during that time, um, that I, you know, those those few years that I was just in Barbados, I had the chance to work with some pretty awesome um, other like artists from the Caribbean. So maybe you guys might know about Michelle Montano. Yeah. Um, so again, he's like our Michael Jackson, you know, in the in the Caribbean. Um, he's like Alison Hines is the queen of Soca. He's the king of Soca. Yeah. Uh, so I actually ended up working with Mashell for about two or three years. Um, so I actually got to write some of his song, some of his top songs over the last few years. So like uh, Slow Wine with Afro B, um, Toco Loco, and a few other songs. So I, I kind of just a lot of a lot a lot of my time in his camp spent a lot of time in Trinidad just you know hanging out with the gang just being creative and that kind of you know I was able to be fulfilled in that way still still getting to create and still getting to work with artists that I idolize that I love. Uh, so yeah that that was really cool and, and at the same time I just kept working on more songs just kept working on more music and then like you said Kim from D sound reached out and he was just like man um also during that during that kind of like hiatus I I went over to Norway I spent I was living over there for like a month or two and I would just work with D-Sone every day on new music and yeah then I came back uh to Barbados again uh and then one day Kim just called he's like man let's just put this music out
0: and I'm just like <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> I am so happy that you said this. <laughs> and I was like, what's the plan? Because we were like, this music is so good, man. Like, we can't just sit on it. And you know what? Let's not rely on major labels anymore. Yeah. You know, that that's that's not working out. Um, let's just, you know, do our own thing. Uh, so, so basically, we teamed up with In Grooves, who at this point, you could kind of say, more or less represents a major label at this point, but in Grooves, is more like an indie kind of music partnership, you know, kind of music group, rather than, you know, like a major label. Um, because at the same, you still have to admit when you're when you're trying to play in the game, you need some type of support, you yeah. know. Uh, so if you don't have some major investor that's just gonna cut the check, uh, you know, you, you do kind of have to partner with maybe a company or a group of people who have, uh, you know, who have their connections with marketing and promotion and things like that. So you actually have a fighting chance, you know? (laughs) So we, yeah, so we teamed up with InGroos and um, so far so good, man. I'm so happy that that those guys decided to, you know, put all this music up.
0: And what a way to come back with necessary love which by the way the video is out to guys on youtube uh it's but it's available for you get music <laughs> and so talk to me about that you know necessary love and uh, you teaming up with this sound i you you worked on a lot of songs but talk to me about necessary love first
1: yeah so necessary love oh my gosh that will pr- that was probably one of the first songs i recorded when i got to norway um and we just wanted to do something that again the whole point of working with d sound is because i just felt like music was moving uh, almost in a too electronic direction where it was taking the soul out i was starting to miss real instruments you know like real drums and real guitars real bass um so we just wanted to do something that was like funky you know um kind of like, you know, how, how Bruno Mars is able to make this, like, really funky um, music that's using real instruments, but he still can make it, like, modern and, you know, poppy and stuff, uh, so yeah, that was the whole idea behind Necessary Love, and, um, and at the time, I was going through, like, a really, like, rocky <laughs> relationship, and yeah, so it kind of just speaks to, you know, some of those experiences, um, what it feels like to be in that type of relationship, where maybe someone is, like, really controlling or or not doing the things they promise and just breaking your heart all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, you just, and you're just like, if you love me, like is that necessary? Why? You know, why? Um, so, yeah, I had a lot of fun uh, working on that one. And it was... I think that might have been the first music video that I also got to shoot in Barbados and, like, with a full... Um, a full Barbados team uh and that made me really proud because I always have this thing you know like people always overlook us because we're so small and even even locally uh people tend to want to reach outside for certain things because they think Barbados is not good enough or they think you know you need to be an American or you know British or something to to be good at something and I just wanted to prove a point like no like there's amazing directors there's amazing editors in Barbados there's like people that can do this like make you know beautiful videos yeah so you know that was really fulfilling to me to be able to work with some of my friends on that video you know these are these are people that I pretty much grew up with on the island you know and and to be able to prove that we could do it just felt so good and to be able to give them opportunities you know so their work can be seen globally and maybe they'll get more opportunities now
0: yeah and speaking of you know writing from from your own experiences then you you later put out sanctify which is literally Mm -hmm. with, with everyone that has been asking what what was going on you decided to give them sanctify
1: Yeah, so Sanctify Now. That one is obviously a much heavier song, you know. Um, I'm much more introspective. And it's kind of a mix of, like, sort of like two things going on because I know people have connected to my music on the basis of relationships. You know, heartbreak. (laughs) If you think about it, impossible, t-shirt. You know, it's kind of like how everyone used to say, we don't like Mary J. Blige when she's happy, man. She makes the best music when she's heartbroken, you know? Yeah, the
0: toxic Mary. Um, so I, yeah,
1: yeah. Everyone's like, man, Mary, somebody needs to break Mary's heart man, so that we can get the pain, you yeah. know, that no more pain, no more drama yeah. <laughs> again. Um, so, yeah, So so Sanctify, when I started writing that, that was when I... It was in that dark place I was telling you about where it's to the point where you 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 just say you know what this is no longer in my hands I just I'm you know like whatever power you know like whoever the creator is whoever made me whoever is responsible for you know how things play out whoever is writing this story <laughs> you know of my life um you know, I'm just letting, I'm just letting it all go. Just I'm on my knees, you know, begging, like, just hear me out. You know, like I can't take this anymore and I'm just going to release everything. But I wrote it from the perspective of a relationship because I know that that is how people could connect to it. But it was, it was. So I felt like if I write it from the perspective of a lover, you know, like when you get to that point, Maybe the the relationship is on the ed- on the edge, you know, like on the rocks, and and you you you're just saying to, to your partner, you know, to just hear me out, like just sanctify me, free me, like release me, you know, be a be a part of, of you know me getting my strength back, you know, you, you're just begging at this point, <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, yeah and you're just kind of saying like you know what but there's still some hope in the message like we can find our way because the stars shine for us so bright like where you feel like it's the end but some but but there's just something that is telling you you know don't you know we can't give up like we got to fight together you know for this because look it's we feel like we're in the dark but look the stars are shining for us like they're lighting the path we can find our way Um, so yeah it was a little bit Like like a song to the to the industry (laughs) a little bit you know uh, but yeah I decided to write it in the context of you know sort of like these two lost broken lovers yeah so it's kind of like the relationship between me and the music industry or me and a label (laughs) you know it's you have this like love hate relationship because you know that everything that you are or that you've become or been able to do is because you had that support from them, but at the same time, they're also the same thing that's killing you, that's draining you, you know? Um, so, yeah, that that's kind of, those are the emotions and stuff where, you know, that song came from. And I just felt like, man, like right now it's just me and God, you know? <laughs> so just sanctify me, <laughs> you know, bless me, uh, you know, save me from whatever this is that's going on because... You know and if it's something i'm doing like light, light the way show me the way you know
0: yeah and and it, it looks like since necessary love you've consistently consistently put out music uh you've put out mm-hmm. you we've talked about sanctify and then you have a brand new one which is be the one which is now
1: yeah.
0: you know up, a little bit up temple <laughs> and uh, your backs to you know having a little bit of fun yeah
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah man be the one again you know about relationships and stuff but it was also kind of a cheeky sort of a a cheeky like a message to fans to the industry to like everybody you know just like like i'm here to stay you know i'm here to play the game i know you haven't heard me in a while but i'm I'm gonna prove that i'm the one (laughs) you know like i don't want to be no wannabe like i'm the one you know just a song to like have and I just know it's that's something that a lot of people can relate to you know when they know when they know they got it but you know a lot everyone's trying to act like you're not going to make it or you don't have what it takes and it kind of like ju- just gives you this drive and this momentum like nah <laughs> like nah fam <laughs> you know so again I like to play around with putting things in a context that people can relate to So so that's why the first verse of Be The One is like saw you at a party, you know, it's kind of like everyone feels like that where they are attracted to someone, but maybe they're like talking to someone else already. And you're just like, nah, I don't even care. <laughs> like, I <laughs> I don't even care. I saw you talking to someone else, but I got my eye on you. I'm going to work this out. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to be the one. You're going to pick me, you yeah. know? Um, so' yeah, just a fun cheeky you know relationship stuff that everyone goes through. Um, and yeah, I feel like everyone's been there where yeah, there's there's someone that's just a little bit out of their reach, but they they're not gave, giving up, you know. And then the second verse more addresses you know my personal situation. like came to play the game and I'm here to stay baby, come and rock with me, <laughs> you know that's right, just hold tight, keep going all night. And slow it down for me. Forget what you heard. I got you. You know, it's like me talking to my fans, like letting, reminding them, like, come on, like, we still, it's still us. We still here, you know?
0: Yeah. That, that been. Yeah, that, let's
1: take on the world. Love from the whole crew, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it was real when I told you, want to be the one. That's the full truth, you know? That's kind of like how we feel about our fans. It's like a relationship, too, you know? And you, and the same way you wouldn't want your lover to, be distracted by a a new person or you know fall for someone else and forget about you it's the same relationship we have with our fans like we want we don't want them to forget about us or or like Cheat on us with another artist <laughs> or something, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, you want to keep reminding them why? Yeah, why? Why we're in this relationship together? And so, yeah, that was song was just kind of like a fun, cheeky way again of me addressing all this kind of stuff. But I, I really wanted to have music that, um, again, even though I always make you know these kind of slower songs. The beats are, you know, allow you to still be able to play them in the clubs and stuff like that. And this time, I was just like, nah, I want something like real, hip, even more hip hoppy. You know, I want to be like in the clubs. I don't just only want to be in your headphones when you're crying in bed, yeah. sad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> with nothing but the T-shirt. I one. want
1: to be with you in the club too when you're turning up and having fun. You know. Yeah. So that's what that that was where "Be the One" came from.
0: Absolutely. And speaking of being close to your fans, I saw these they, they you're part you're part of a, a group of of other creatives that have mm-hmm. um, you know talk talk about the project that you're working on where fans can easily reach out to you and give you song ideas mm-hmm. and where you can make some something specifically you know for them at their own request. Yeah. yeah. So that's a platform called
1: Downright, um, which was started by some friends of mine and we decided to just partner up and get the ball rolling as the first you know for me to be like kind of like one of their flagship uh artists and um what it is I don't know if, if you guys know about cameo yeah yeah but like you know cameo is like a platform that you can find your favorite celebrity and uh pay to get a special message or to get to talk to them one on one or something like that uh so downright is almost similar in concept to cameo except instead of commissioning a message or a video or an interaction you're actually commissioning music so this is going to be like music specifically for you or personally for you and the same way how kind of someone like people will hit me up on cameo they'll make they'll commission something but it's a birthday message for someone else yeah um and so i've noticed that this is what's happening on downright too we're getting people that want a song for themselves but they're also like hey i'm getting married you know in a couple months and i want a special song like a custom song you know for my wife or you know um some you know someone passed away and i want to do a song that you know i want to unique song that commemorates them or tells their story, um, different things like that. So that's been really that's been really fun because as writers, sometimes we get put in a box where you know we instead of just writing creatively, you're being told what to write about or you know you're you're writing telling someone else's story but in this case, it's kind of like you really get to tap into your creativity and your songwriting because there's no rules. There's no one saying, well, the song must be this specific sound or this, you know, uh, about this, But you know, they'll tell you what they want it to be about, maybe give you a little story. And that's it. You get to go and create it however you like, whatever you want. Um, I think that's a beautiful thing. Like if you know, when I was you know when you're in your fangirl, fanboy phase of life in your teens, where <laughs> yeah. like artists are like gods to you. You know when I was growing up, if I could frickin', uh go and get on a platform and Stevie Wonder could write a song just for me, I would lose my
0: shit. You know? <laughs> I would
1: think So yeah, you know what I mean. So or like imagine like Lauren Hill writing a song just for you <laughs> or something. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I think it's pretty cool. And so far, it's been it's been a great experience. Uh, the most recent commission I had was for uh, this lady, Marissa, who is actually an intensive care uh, nurse. And it's it's kind of a bit of a sad story because she has given her entire life to saving life, yeah, and helping others, um, and now she's suffering with terminal cancer. And it's, you know, yeah, it's not, it's bad. Um, And so a friend of hers decided to put together an entire album um, just for her. And I guess she's been documenting her story in a blog. So literally each writer got a different blog entry and the music we create is based on the specific story from the blog so um i was able to do that and submit it recently and they were happy so that made me really happy because i couldn't imagine you know dealing with something like that and so to be able to write words that can comfort someone in a situation like that uh that is really really special yeah Uh, and that in itself is a blessing and, and to be able to to do something like that for someone that, you know, is going to give them some sort of healing or comfort in a, in a time like this. It, yeah, I I definitely feel like I have a very special calling.
0: The, 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 the satisfaction, I think, from that is very different, you know, when it's specifically for that person. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, you know, you can write a song that a billion people across the globe are going to love and hear, and, and that's very fulfilling too. But I don't know, there's something... Even more special about being able to cr- create something very specific for just one person, you know, yeah. based on their story.
0: That's it's pretty deep. It is. It is really, and especially when someone is going through that ex- tragic experience and yeah, it's time, You know, it's very
1: yeah. She had all these big plans, man. She and her fiance they bought a. You know, like, an RV, like a RV like yeah, yeah, a trailer and they were yeah. going to go yeah they were going to go on like a whole road trip thing and you know now all the plans are stalled and i'm sure that she you know a part of it is that she feels bad because this is not only affecting her yeah but you know she feels like now i'm this thing happening to me is ruining the plans of the person i love the most you know <laughs> so yeah that has to be a really difficult position to be in there like they had all these big wedding plans and everything and now it's kind of just all stalled and you know she's she's feeling pretty bad about herself you know so yeah i'm i'm happy that i was able to write a song for her that is uplifting and that you know can help
0: bring a little light back yeah so the name of, the name of the app again. So if people want to commission you to do something,
1: it's called the app is called Downright D O N W R I T E. Yes.
0: So go over there if you want to tell, to do something for you. You can give her ideas of what you want it to be. So it, it, yeah it is interaction. If you want to reach out, that's it. You are you are you are in there. So now with all these songs mm-hmm. you're putting out, what? what is this going to what is 22 like for you what do are you going to continue putting out songs uh, are you working yep, on something just back
1: to back back to back i got single after single after single coming for you guys i'm not letting up this time and the beauty of it is that i don't you know i can release new music whenever i'm ready because i you know i'm i don't have a big a major label uh, you know, deciding what my timeline is and when I can release something—it's just when I'm ready, you know. And and for for me to have that blessing of fans that are always just there, waiting and ready and excited, uh, you know. Don't worry, guys. There's more coming. There's actually the next single is called Boomerang, and that comes up pretty soon too. Oh, nice. So look out for that.
0: Yeah, nice. Yeah. So are there people that you've that you've put that pen to use with and we probably will never know. I know that it's definitely. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. And then, is there someone, because a lot of people know the "Man Down" song for Rihanna, the Roll It Girl, Alison Hines, I mean, not not a lot of people mm-hmm. know know all that, They're not know the behind the scenes part of it, but who else yeah. d- do you think your pen is out there and it's public, not the ones where you don't have to tell us? <laughs> and probably we've been uh, dancing to that song or singing along to that song and we don't know it's your pen. oh my gosh
1: there's 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 so many artists um, DMX Sean Paul Beanie Man Collie Buds <laughs> Sizzla um, there's well I mean there are songs that I have written for Kelly Rowland and Beyonce that have not been released yet so, but fingers crossed, one day they'll see the light. Um, but I mean, I've worked with so many people. Yeah, Bruno Mars. Um, I'm trying to think of like other artists that have music out that I wrote. That oh did- my God, there's so many, especially in especially in reggae and like the soca world for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so still, much as you've mentioned, all these people, there are those that we will never know. You did right.
1: Yeah, There's a lot of songs that I wrote with St. John too. And maybe one day, you know, those will see the light of day too. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I've been blessed to be able to work with a lot of people Akon, ACON. <laughs> you know, I could just keep going.
0: Yeah. St. John is popping right now, so you should put them out. Uh- <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, glad we were able to do this. Thank you so much for, you know, coming on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This was great. Yeah, glad to have you on. And and uh, anyone how- ever tell you that you look a little bit like Tyrese? I don't know if I should take that <laughs> as a compliment yet because of, of his is, recent antics.
1: <laughs> his <smile is> beautiful, <laughs> especially your smile. It's really the smile, the teeth. Oh, yeah, he's gorgeous. So, and definitely back in the day when he was all when he was young. <laughs> but yeah, I know he had a lot of his breakdowns and stuff. But we're talking about physically.
0: Oh, you know. yeah i'll take that thank you he's he's you should
1: definitely take it as a compliment he goes down in history as one of the most beautiful people on the planet so (laughs) if someone said you look like tyrese just say thanks
0: all right thanks (laughs) except when he cries that's a different one yeah yeah (laughs) uh yeah so no thank you for that uh so how can people how can people you know for people listening in right now can they reach out to you and uh, your socials and all that
1: guys it's super easy to reach me i'm i am so accessible um so you can either you know hit me up on instagram and that's shawnee 246 s-h-o-n-n-y 246 uh you can find me on twitter which is Chantel underscore lane l-a-y-n-e that's my last name um i'm also on facebook Chantel music so if you if you're a facebook person i'm there too um And I just recently got on TikTok and I promise I'm going to start getting active. (laughs) My profile is just there but like I hardly post anything and I don't really post, do any challenges or like the fun stuff but I'm going to start. Everyone's like, come on, you got to do it. You got to do it. It's so fun. Um, So I'm going to start doing some duets and coming up with some cool challenges. You know?
0: No, no, thank you so much and uh, I can't, we we shall definitely keep supporting the music and all that and Glad we're awesome. we able to do this. And I can't wait for the next single. You said Boomerang. That's coming out soon. So, yeah. So, what we're doing, we're playing Be, Be the One now. Guys, the Extreme BPM, Tuesdays and Fridays, 8 p.m. East African time. We are going to play Be the One. That is a brand new, it's a brand new single from Chantel. And it's available everywhere. You get music. Also, there is Necessary Love with D Sound. That's on the D Sound album 25. And then Sanctify, which you also have a beautiful video for it too. Go check that out, guys. That's available on YouTube. The video and the song is available on all streaming platforms.
1: Listen love, everybody. Yeah.